0: I've received lots of requests lately to read specific authors, many of which I promise to get to soon, and all of which have me thinking deeply about summertime reading. I know I'm not in the business of sharing personal, intimate bits of information about myself, to the chagrin of a few of you, but I will disclose this. My summertime reading list for right now includes Ernst Younger, Thomas Pynchon, Davis Grubb, and Alistair Gray. There. I've shown you mine. Now the summer's only half over, so I'd love for you to show me yours. What should I take to the beach next month? I look forward to what you have to recommend. Good evening. It's Wednesday, the 5th of August, 2009, and it's Miet's Bedtime Story Podcast. An Unbeliever, by Azarin. You don't believe in anything, Don Hanaru. No, I don't believe in anything. Why do you ask? Oh, for no special reason. I merely asked. It was a question which was often asked by the friends and acquaintances of Don Henaro. That gentleman's answer was always the same. Everybody knew when they asked him that Don Henaro would make the same reply. Sometimes, after having been questioned about his beliefs, Don Henaro would add, "'You don't know what happened to the novelist, Eladio Pena?' "'Everybody knew what had happened to the famous novelist, but... "'Has something happened to him, Don Henaro?' they would ask, feigning anxiety. "'You don't know?' he repeated. "'A smile ran around the circle of friends. "'The little scene had been repeated a hundred times, "'and it would go on being repeated as long as Don Henaro lived.' What has happened to Peña, they insisted. Slowly, scornfully, came Don Hinaro's answer. His dog bit him. Good heavens, you don't say so. Well, I'll be damned. Everybody broke into this familiar, oft-repeated exclamation. And Don Hinaro would round off the incident with this master sentence. One cannot believe in anything at a time when dogs bite their masters. Then, he was always doing this. It was his favourite gesture. He took out a little case with steel, flint and tinder and lit a cigarette, a cigarette which he rolled between his fingers and then dusted the tobacco off his palms. Latterly... Though before he had not dared to do so, Don Gennaro had used his steel, flint, and tinder in Madrid. Now, as his time was not long, he had chosen the middle path in his own words. It meant a great effort for him who did not believe in anything to do anything out of the way. Don Gennaro left Madrid. He was old, and he wanted to live in peace. He betook himself to an old town of Castile. In Madrid, he had already begun to use the old-fashioned tools of the smoker, but the watch chain, which was an heirloom from his grandfather, that long, narrow, gold watch chain which hung around his neck, "'fell across the breast of his black jacket, "'and after running through a buttonhole "'finally connected with the watch in his waistcoat pocket. "'That chain which, as a child, "'he had seen his paternal grandfather wear, "'he had not dared to use in Madrid, "'but he wore it in the old town. "'There,' Don Henaro Padales lived in a fine old house. The upper windows commanded a wide panorama over the fruit lands. On grey melancholy days when the sky was lowering, the whole landscape was a charming gradation of greys. Pearl greys, silver greys, ashen grey, leaden grey. In the profoundly peaceful silence, one's eyes could roam reposefully throughout that range of soft, fine shadings of colour. Don Henaro was an early riser, and he was familiar with the morning life of the whole town. In the morning, the old town stirred itself a little. The fragrant smoke of chimneys went up into the blue sky the pleasant smell of burning wood drifted through the narrow streets countrymen who came in with their wares uttered their long plaintive monotonous cries then silence and peace profound tranquility returned to the streets the squares and the houses At the club, Don Gennaro was well known. Everybody liked him, and when he came in at two o'clock in the afternoon, they made room for him at the red plush table. And in the gatherings at the club, in the old town, the same little scene as in Madrid had repeated itself for the past year. You don't believe in anything, Don Gennaro? No. I don't believe in anything. Why do you ask? Oh, for no special reason. I just asked. And then, when the cigarette was rolled and lit from the tinder, while he kept his thumb on the steel, he put the time-honoured question. You don't know what happened to the novelist, Eladio Peña? No, Don Yonaro, we don't know. "'What happened to him? Tell us, please.' "'And Don Hinaro smiled his ironical smile. "'His dog bit him!' "'The deefs did. "'Well, I'll be damned. "'You don't say so.' "'Don Hinaro smiled his smile again and let his sentence fall. "'One cannot believe in anything at a time when dogs bite their masters.' Nowadays, Don hinaro wore round his neck that fine gold watch chain. In the old town, it did not seem so odd. Many old men could remember the time when their fathers or grandfathers wore chains like that. Don Hinaro went soberly clad in black. His low-cut waistcoat revealed his immaculate shirt... Across his black jacket, the long chain gleamed like a flicker of firelight. With the passing years, in this old town, where he had lived five or six years as a child, Don Yonaro returned to the things of his childhood. Now, as he passed his hand from time to time along that fine watch chain, with much the same gesture as a man who softly strokes his beard... As he felt the gold of the chain slip through his fingers, he experienced a deep sense of pleasure. He had nothing to expect, nothing to desire. He could look back easily upon the past. There had been times in his youth, in the ardour of young manhood, when he had cherished Ambitions to be somebody great and important. He had not succeeded in surpassing a decent mediocrity. But in this assured, deep-rooted, indestructible mediocrity, he had the satisfaction of thinking about those who struggled, those who had a faith, an ideal, a political, social or artistic belief for which they strove, for which they suffered privations and anxieties, and which, perhaps, they never saw realised. Don Genaro fought for nothing, believed in nothing. Believe? Who was there in which to believe? There was no room for belief at a time of ingratitude, when life had gone mad, when people acted brutally and aggressively. A time when the very dogs bit their own masters. At the club, they often talked about superstitions and beliefs. In old towns, there are usually some believers in spiritualism and theosophy. They talked about such people as rarities. But the fact is... That in the atmosphere of old towns, everything has cooperated for centuries upon centuries to invest things with a deeper significance than they possess in the newer centres of life. For centuries upon centuries, while stones have greyed or mellowed and the old palaces have begun to crumble, for centuries upon centuries, while wood has warped and roofs have rotted, and iron has rusted. How many sorrows and despairs, how many secret tragedies have been known by those old houses, those silent rooms, those courtyards, those gardens, those narrow streets, All this enormous, age-long accumulation of loves and longings, of anxiety and anguish, contained and concentrated within those old walls, has vanished for all there is to show. But it has left an elusive and mysterious crystallisation. Even to the wayfarer, even to the stray sojourner in these towns, if he is receptive... Everything communicates to his spirit shudders for which he cannot find a name. At the fall of evening, in a silent room that looks upon the cypresses in a garden, while he listens to the slow tolling of the Angelus, there beat upon his brain the waves of a tide of melancholy and mystery that knows no telling. Don Hinaro believed in nothing. In what should he believe? But, all unknown to himself, the atmosphere of the old town pervaded all his being. Don Hinaro walked abroad slowly through the streets. He laughed at those who made the conventional gestures when certain reptiles were mentioned, at those who threw a glass of water out of the window when a salt cellar was upset on the table, at those who touched iron when they meant a humpback. Don Hinaro walked abroad, slowly through the narrow streets of the old town. He was familiar with them All? All? "'No, here was one with which he was not acquainted. "'It was a very narrow street, on a slope which must run down to the river.' "'Don Hinaro walked slowly a little way down it, then suddenly he stopped. "'That seemed odd. "'What was that hanging from an iron bar over the door of the house?' "'Our gentleman advanced a pace or two and stopped again.' What was hanging from the iron bar was a miniature coffin, clearly a coffin. Don Yonaro gazed at it a moment. Above the door of the house, a carpenter's shop, was a notice in big letters, "Box MAKING. Box MAKING. What it meant was UNDERTAKING. It was a workshop of boxes for the dead. That day, when he discovered the boxmaker's shop in the Calle de Pellegros, Don Gennaro went no further. Nor did he ever pass through that street afterward. The street ran down to the river. It was the shortest way to get to the old Alameda, but Don Gennaro avoided using it. Our gentleman did even more than that. When he was with his friends and they reached the entrance to the street, he invented some discreet but plausible reason why they should change their course. Don Henaro often reflected upon the absurdity of this apprehension of his. Was it possible that he, who believed in nothing, should have such a superstition? To be reluctant to pass through the street of the box-makers, the thing was really ridiculous. Was this he... Don Hennaro, the man who proclaimed every day in the club that he believed in nothing. You don't believe in anything, Don Hennaro? No, I don't believe in anything. Why should I? He was a coward, in short. Don Hennaro looked at himself and found himself ridiculous. If he was reluctant to pass through the streets of the box-makers, he had no right to say in the club that he believed in nothing. It simply would not do. He must walk right down the street, slowly, with complete indifference. One day, Don Henaro left his house, fully decided to accomplish the great enterprise, He went his way serenely, looking about him as he went. There was the street. He could see in the distance the little coffin in front of the boxmaker's shop. Don Januaro started down the street, but suddenly he stopped. He could go no further. A mysterious force paralysed his limbs. He went no further. Halfway down the street, Don Hinaro turned around and retraced his steps. As he approached his house, he found a friend waiting for him at the corner. The friend was accompanied by one of his own servants. Both of them had a serious, restrained air about them. They smiled as they met him, but their smiles were a little fast. Beating about the bush... They finally broke the news to him. No, really it was nothing serious. The doctor said that there was no danger. Don Gennaro's wife had climbed up a ladder to wind the clock. She had fallen and cut her head badly. She was lucky not to have killed herself. Yes, it was all his fault. The fault of Don hinaro The unbeliever. Thank heaven that he had only gone half way down the street. It was his fault. He was responsible for this all but fatal fall of his life's companion. He never forgave himself. He could think of nothing else. And he never went to the club again. He took no further interest in his steel, his tinder. And his flint, nor in his gold watch chain. One night, when he went to bed, he put the watch chain in the drawer of his bedside table. There they found it. He never wore it again.